0: Now I want you to turn, please, to this chapter 5 in the prophecies of Isaiah. Verse 20, 21, through here, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust. Because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Beloved, before I came to church tonight, I drove around, just drove around. And the streets were full of cars. You folks who came to this church tonight know that you had a traffic problem. Haddonfield was full of cars. Westmont was full of cars. Collingswood was full of cars. And the people who were in those cars were not at home. They're going somewhere. But they're not going to church because there are very few churches open for them to go to. And I can make that statement with the full knowledge that very, very few, except maybe you people and a few others, are finding their way to some church. All this traffic, all this movement that I ran into and that you people saw represents the citizens who live in these houses in this immediate area, and they're going somewhere tonight. Where are they going? They ought to be going to some church. If they're able to go anywhere, if they're able-bodied, if they've got automobiles, if they've got gas in their tanks, and they're on the go, they ought to be going to some church on Sunday night, but they are not. What would it be like if Haddonfield and Collingswood and all this suburban area where we live, when Sunday came? found every single church that has a door open packed and jammed with people trying to get in. What it would be like if all the churches in the area were just packed and jammed with Sunday school pupils and with parents and they're coming in here to study the word of God. What sort of a community, what sort of an area would it be like? Then what kind of a community would we have, beloved, if the people that live in these houses didn't fight one another? Instead they'd have prayers and they'd have family altars and they'd teach their children to fear God instead of have the kind of dissipation and scrapping and fighting that's going on. And you go down through Haddonfield tonight, beloved, and you won't find any. You might find one or two places, possibly one or two open But the churches are closed tonight in Haddonfield. Oh, they were open this morning, of course, and people went in there and dressed up and sat around. Went out, went home, ate a big fat dinner or something else, and decided how they'd spend the rest of the day. And, beloved, this condition that has developed and of which we're witnesses tonight is a condition for which the churches are responsible. The place of the church in society, the place of the church in the community, the place of the church in our national life, should be to bring to the people the knowledge of their sins and let them repent and then instruct them in the ways of God. And there's no other institution ordered or established to do that but the church. Saloons don't do it. Grocery stores don't do it. The department stores don't do it. It's the business of the church to speak to the people about God and to hold up to the people the great things that God has given to us and by which God desires that we shall conduct our affairs our private affairs, our family affairs, our community affairs, our national affairs, our international affairs. All of these things, every one of these things, beloved, are related to the responsibility of the churches to bring the message of salvation and the message of life to the people. Now, I can talk. I'm in a position to talk. I've been here long enough to talk. I've been here long enough. In fact, there's no other preacher around here that's lasted as long as I have. Most of them have dried up or worn out or fizzled out or been thrown out or something else has happened to them. They're gone. But McIntyre's still around. And thank God I've lived here long enough to see what's taking place. But I do want to say tonight that I feel that my own ministry, that I am my own obligation my own responsibility to God in this matter has been very great. And as I've stood here these 35 years seeking to build this church and carry on our witness, I've seen the changes in Haddonfield. I've seen the changes in Collingswood. And I've seen the changes in our public schools and what's happening. And I go right back in every single instance to the pulpit to the men who stand in these pulpits and to the obligation of these men to be the spokesmen for God and to them be ministers of righteousness in the areas and in the communities and to bring to the people the great standards of righteousness which will bring conviction of sin. Now that which turned my mind, of course, to this line was this uh, little publication that they put out over here in Haddonfield the other week about the Council of Churches in this study course that they're providing now for all the people in Haddonfield. And in this they have the Presbyterian minister, they have the Methodist minister, they have the Roman Catholic priest, they have the Jewish rabbi. All of them are cooperating in this wonderful fellowship for religious improvement of Haddonfield. And the one phrase which you find in this document is that they're trying to help the people of Haddonfield update religion in Haddonfield. Update religion in Haddonfield. It is apparent that these gentlemen feel that whatever they did have as religion in the past is now out of date. And whatever kind of religion it was that did help the people in the past, it's no longer the useful instrument that it should be. So if we're going to help Haddonfield now, we must update religion. And if we're going to update religion, we're going to have to take a different attitude on a number of things from that which we took before. And consequently, when you study this chart, and you see what these gentlemen are up to. You know that there's one thing that has carried them away together. It is ecumenical. Ecumenical. The time has come from there for them to prepare Haddonfield field for the ongoing development of this great ecumenical movement. And they've decided that the process of doing it through the seminaries and through the schools is too slow. They must step up the temper, the temple of all of this now by getting to the present people and bringing them together and explaining to them these new ideas and how religion in the old form and in the old ways has lost its appeal. And now we must come with this new approach and we will update Haddonfield with the updated religion and we'll be able to serve the citizens of Haddonfield. Now that's it. And it's no different from updating religion in New York City and what they're getting out of Union Theological Seminary. It's no different from updating religion in Princeton, New Jersey, where around the seminary they're following now the new ideas of the new confession. And one thing that you people must learn tonight, that the whole updating program is unified. The whole updating program is of one composition. They all have the same program. Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Geneva, wherever you go. We must get rid of this which is now a burden from the past. And we must change our ideas about religion and our relationship to one another in our religious contacts. And as I study the program, and as I see the program, there are at least five ways in which they think they're going to be able to update religion. And I want to speak of these matters to you at the present time. In the first place, they are updating sin. They're updating sin. Sin is no longer adultery. We've got a new morality. Sin is no longer being unequally yoked with unbelievers. We're updating it. You can be yoked with as many unbelievers as you want to, so long as you talk about the brotherhood of man. And we are updating sin. And because we're trying to take ourselves out from under the burden and the curse and the judgment of disobedience, we want a refined and respected religion. We don't want any more of these preachers to come to Haddonfield as they did 100 years ago or 75 years ago in the good old Methodist Church of Haddonfield. Well, yeah. I 50 years ago in the good first Methodist Church of Haddonfield. You had a Dr. Sloan preaching there and you had some other men preaching there and they preach the blood and they preach salvation to the Haddonfield Methodists. And 35 years ago when I came to Collingswood, they had a preacher in the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield who'd been a classmate of my father's in Princeton. And this man was a gracious man. And I went and joined the Haddonfield Church and was a member of the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield, New Jersey and was taken from the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield, New Jersey down to West Jersey Presbytery, and was introduced to the Presbytery by the pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield. I was a member of the Haddonfield Presbyterian Church under the ministry of a man who preached the gospel who was a classmate of my father in Princeton Seminary. And I know that Haddonfield had the gospel. I know that these churches preach the gospel. I know that the message of salvation was given to Haddonfield. I went into that presbytery under the sponsorship. I shall never forget the night that I appeared before the session of the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield when I joined the church. And I shall never forget the night that I appeared before the session of the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield in order that they might take me under care as a minister. Do you think for one minute that Haddonfield would ever boast of the fact that Dr. McIntyre was a candidate for the ministry under the presbytery, from the First Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield? Well, I was. That's the way I got into the West Jersey Presbytery, but that's not the way I got out of it. But I've been here beloved these years, and I know that Haddonfield had the old-time gospel. And I know there was priest in Haddonfield, and Haddonfield was filled with a great company of godly people. And I used to preach on WPEN on Sunday nights. And these Haddonfield people, I could call you name after name on Avenue over there, They belong to these churches who sent me money and helped support us. They've long since gone to glory, and God bless them. But I've lived around here in this area long enough to be able to talk. And the trouble with the updated religion in Haddonfield tonight is that the preachers have stopped preaching against sin. They've stopped dealing with the sin of their people. And I would say tonight that the Haddonfield churches are more filled with cocktail-drinking people tonight because their preachers don't talk about it. And the First Presbyterian Church is just full of them. And the Methodist Church is just full of them. And I know it. And the preachers have quit bringing their people face to face with what the Bible says about sin. They've updated it. And as a result of what's happened to the families and the lack of the preaching of the sins of men as denounced in the Bible, the children and the young people of Haddonfield are just going this way and that way, and they're having all sorts of breakdowns. And I can stand in this pulpit tonight and tell you that over the period of these 35 years that I've been preaching, and especially in these last years, and my own wife could tell you how the telephone's rung in our home, and I've had a call from this family in the Methodist church come down, Dr. McIntyre, maybe you can help us. And I have gone to homes in Haddonfield where the mother was in tears and the father was standing there and saying, we're members of the Methodist Church, but our preacher said so and so and so and so, and my boy's done this. Can you help me? I'm talking out of my own personal experience as a minister here in this area. And I can tell you that what Haddonfield needs is a great big dose of preaching against sin. That's what it needs. And it needs to have some preachers that will stand in the pulpits and will tell their people that they're going to die in their sins, that they're going to pay the price of the judgment of God because of their disobedience. That's the kind of preaching we used to have. That's the kind of preaching we had here in Collingswood, and that's what we had all through this area 50, 75 years ago. But it's updated now. We've updated it. And you cannot build a church when you fill it with sinners that aren't pardoned. You cannot build the kingdom of God without having a kingdom that is filled with men and women who are born again and who live like it. It's impossible to do it. And this business of updating religion, with this nice little steady, with all these preachers, I hope they're listening to me tonight. I'd give anything if every preacher in Haddonfield were listening to Carl McIntyre tonight. I... Bearing my soul to you people tonight. I live here. I see what sin is doing to our churches. I see what iniquity is doing to our towns. And we need some men who will get up and do what the church is supposed to do. Warn the people about the wrath to come. And hold up before them the judgments of Almighty God against iniquity. Well, they've updated sin. You know what they're updating? <laughs> Beloved, the next thing they're updating is, uh, is the Bible. We're all using the Revised Standard Version of the Bible down in Haddonfield. Methodists use it. Episcopalians use it. The Lutherans, I understand, use it. They all use it. Just go listen to the preachers. They have updated the Bible in Haddonfield. We have not done that in our pulpit and we're not going to do it. And if I have anything to say about the Revised Standard Version of the Bible to you people, it's going to be in stern denunciation of it and in warnings to you people against it. Any Bible that will come along and take the birth of my Lord in all of his virginity and all of the glory of that Mary who gave him birth and will tear that thing out of the Old Testament and vitiate a glorious prophecy that God gave there to inspire faith. Any Bible that'll do that, I don't care who puts it out, the National Council of Churches or anybody else. I'm going to stand in my pulpit and defend the virginity of Mary and the birth of our Lord as a supreme and glorious miracle whereby God Almighty designed that salvation should come down to us. I don't think the Haddonfield Churches are blessing their people when they bring to them an updated Bible. The best one we have at the present time, they're all translations, but the best one we have is still the King James. The problem is that all our modern translators, nearly all of them, certainly the Revised Standard Version group, had the liberals on them and the modernists on them, and they used the cover of a translation to thrust into that book some of their own unbelief. And that's what's happened. And God doesn't bless it. But when they update the Bible, of course, this updating has to do with... uh, the reinterpreting and now beloved they've come along and they've updated the book of Genesis and the first 11 chapters of Genesis are now myths and you read the Methodist Sunday school literature it tells you they're myths you read the Presbyterian literature it tells you you're myths you look at the whole structure that the National Council of Churches put out on these Sunday school lessons and the first 11 chapters are myths that's it there never was any Noah just a tall story And what interests me now in the last few years, 65, 66, 67, we're beginning to get all this evidence that there was a flood. And this last week I ran into this thing, I got to talking about the ocean out there, and we came up with this uh, latest uh, June issue of the National Geographic, that has this whole story about the the division, you see, of the continents. And now the archaeologists and the geologists, rather, are telling us that the same stratas across North Africa are the same identical stratas they find across uh, uh, Brazil and in South America, and that the two were once together. And over there in the early chapters of Genesis, they're all myths. Nobody believes them anymore. It says the earth was divided in the days of Belag. And we're getting all this evidence from every hand that goes back into the early chapters of Genesis to show us that there's some basis, true basis for what God has told us there. And we're updating the Bible so we can get out from under the authority of the Bible and the mighty weight of the Scripture and all that the Scripture should do and should mean in the life of a church, a town, a home, and a nation. But I said they've updated a number of other things. And I want to say to you tonight, beloved, they have updated Jesus Christ. Just take this study. Look what these men are offering here. Look at their stories. What are they doing? Well, we've got a new Jesus now. My, my, we'll join with the Roman Catholics and justification by faith. That can all be gone. They're joining with the Jews. No longer do we think about trying to witness to our Jewish neighbors and respectfully trying to tell them that Jesus is their true Messiah. No, their religion is as good as yours and yours is as good as mine and we'll have a nice updating process and we'll all progress with our different religious ideas. No, beloved, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. And if John Wesley were to alive today, he'd stand on the steps of the First Methodist Church of Haddonfield and he'd denounce their works. And he'd tell them that this is not the message that Asbury preached in New Jersey. This is not the message that Whitfield preached in the fields of Pennsylvania. This is not the message that I brought to me with me from over there where my heart was strangely warmed. Wesley would condemn them for updating Jesus Christ. Beloved, you don't update the Son of God. You have no right to lay your hands upon the Son of God. You have no right to change Him in any way. He is God-given. He is God-ordained. He said, the Father sent me. The Father is the one that ordained that I should come to this world to speak to you. And beloved, I tell you tonight, if the churches of this town, if the churches of Haddonfield, if the preachers were preaching the Christ of the Bible with his shed blood and with his power to pardon, you'd see people filling the streets, but they'd be on their way to the First Methodist Church of Haddonfield. And they'd be on their way to the Bible Presbyterian Church of Collingswood and they'd be on their way to the First Baptist Church in Haddonfield. That's where they'd be. And we'd be interested in the welfare of the souls of men and their eternal destiny, whether it will be heaven or whether it will be hell. That's the message that gave Haddonfield what she now has. Haddonfield is living on a... on a a background. She's living on some old resources and they're running out. And they're not being replenished by the present churches. My, to update Jesus. Oh, I was going to bring you tonight to the pulpit. I have this latest editorial from Dudley Ward. He's the big Methodist social leader. I was going to show you what he did when he went out here to the Democratic Convention went to the Republican Convention and these men are favoring revolution in our country and they've updated Jesus to where they've made out of him a nice revolutionary and you must follow him this week I went out to Pittsburgh and on my way to Pittsburgh I walked down the aisle of the airplane carrying my Bible in my arms I didn't think anything about it I Every time I go to a funeral, I carry a Bible. I always carry a Bible when I go to funerals. And I was on my way out there to a service. And I walked down the aisle of the plane to Philadelphia. It's gotten to where I know almost everybody over at that airport. I go through the thing so many times. And I walked down through that plane, and fella sitting there in an empty seat. And I sat down and looked up at me, and I says, how are you? He said, fine. He says, are you a clergyman? I wonder why I thought I was a clergyman. Nobody carries Bibles but clergy's anymore. And I said, yes. He says, my name is, well, I won't tell you what his name was, his first name, well, I won't even tell you that. I says, I'm Carl McIntyre. He says, oh, yes, Dr. McIntyre. says, I know who you are. He was a Methodist preacher. He had been here to a Methodist meeting in one of the hotels, called in, from down there. Well, I won't even tell you where he lives. Well, he wanted to talk. I said, What was your meeting? Oh, well, it was social, social problem, revolution. I said, Where'd you get your seminary training? Boston, he said. I said, Yes. Yeah. But he says, I've modified my views somewhat since I graduated from seminary. Well, Boston, about as radical as they make them in Methodist circles. And uh, I said, Well, You know, we had a talk. We talked all the way to Pittsburgh, one hour. We talked and talked. I got out the Bible. And I said, sir, I said, "Uh, what do you think about the virgin birth of Christ? Oh, he says, that's not important. That's That's not very important. I says, do you actually believe? I didn't let him get by with that. I said, do you actually believe that this baby that was born of Mary did not have a human father. It was not generated by human seed. He said, No. He says, I don't believe that. I said, How do you think that Jesus was born? Well, he says, the Lord has ordained these marvelous ways of creation and the continuation of the race. And he says, I think Joseph was the father of Jesus. I said, sir, but that's not what the Bible says. I says, that's not what the word of God says. He says, well, he says, you must understand, we've got to look at the Bible, he says, in, in, in new ways. He's updated his Jesus. I said to him, I said, sir, do you think that Jesus is going to come in the clouds of heaven and you would see him and look upon him? Oh, no, he says, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I says, well, sir, you and I have got a different religion. We've got a different religion. I says, how do you get along with your church? Well, he says, I, I, I says, how many members do you have? Well, he told me it's a pretty good-sized church. I says, sir, if you have these ideas, I says, do you preach them? Well, no, he says, I don't exactly preach them, but he says, if people talk to me, I'll, I'll let them know how I feel. He says, I'm in, in his 40s, and he says, I'm just in between. He says, I have a division in my church, Dr. McIntyre. He says, you know, we've got divisions in our churches everywhere today. But he says it's not on theological grounds. It's on age groups. He says it's the old people on one side and the young people on another. And he says, I'm in the middle. And he says, it's my task to help make this transition so we can have nice peace. Now, well, that's what that man told me. And I kept talking to him. Finally, I got around to witnessing to him. I said, sir, I said, do you believe in being born again? He says, yes. He says, I believe in being born again. I says, but how can you be born again when you don't believe these things? Well, he says, I, I accept Jesus. He says, I'm following Jesus. Jesus is all I have. Well, he's updated his Jesus. And he talks in such a way as I talk to him, I can see the difference. But I can understand how that Methodist preacher could stand in his pulpit Sunday after Sunday and preach to the people with the terminology that he uses and the old folks would go home and say, isn't he sweet? And the young people would go home and say, isn't he nice revolutionary leader? And that's the changes. There it is. And that's the updating of religion. You know, what? maybe I'd better not tell you this. Well, I guess, well, I will. <laughs> because you'd accuse me of getting into the wrong field. But we got talking about the Bible. I said, I said, Preacher, I said, when you were a boy, I said, what did you get in Sunday school? Well, he said, when I was a boy, he says, I believed like you did. He said, I went to Sunday school, they taught us all these things, and I believed them. He says, I've just come from this meeting, and he says, the leader there mentioned his name. He said, told us that more people who had Sunday school buttons were going to vote for George Wallace than anybody else. Now listen to that, now, I hesitate to put that in the pulpit, but I just want you to see the way this fellow was thinking. I said, well, how about your people down in your country? Well, he says, the old folks are for Wallace, the young folks are for somebody else. I said, who are you for? Well, I'm not going to tell you who he's for. <laughs> but beloved, I had a, a plane ride with a Methodist preacher today who's in his forties, very attractive young man, And I looked at him and I said, Oh, sir, what you could do if you would preach the way the Bible says you should preach. And I said to him, I says, Young man, I've been preaching in my pulpit 35 years. I preach from this book every Sunday I ever got in that pulpit. I've taken a text and preached the Word of God. And in all those years, I don't think I preached two sermons more than twice 22nd Psalm and a certain trumpet. And I says, I've just gotten started. I'm ready to preach. And I said, sir, I said, it's the Bible you must preach with the authority of the Bible and the authority of Christ standing over the people, and then the people will repent and they'll serve the Lord. That's the way they'll do it. That gentleman was a very nice man. We didn't have a falling out. We had a nice talk. And when we got through, he says, you know, Dr. McIntyre says, I often listen to you. He says, I listen to you on such and such a station. I says, my friend, will you please continue to listen to me? What would that preacher do? What would he do if he got into his town and went to preaching like this? He might split his church, but he'd get rid of the crowd that was sinners and wouldn't repent. And then you would have a praying house, a house of power, and God would bless and young people would be saved and they'd dedicate their lives to Christ instead of dissipating them in the world. And you'd see the difference that the Bible makes in a town. But you can't see the difference when you update sin. You update the Bible. You update Jesus Christ. And now, beloved, they're going to update the church. They're going to update the church. Perhaps I shouldn't develop that because I want to get around the last point. They're updating the nation. They're going to update the nation in Haddonfield. That's what's going on down there. But they are updating the church. The church now is no longer the body of Christ. The church must now be identified with the world. And the church must move in and find her life in the actions of God, present in the revolutionary ferment of this moment. And that's the new church. And they're going to take this church and tear away her robes of righteousness and frock her with the robes that will cover the whole world and she's going to enmesh herself into this world itself and take part in this process which will change the world into this great paradise that they think that they can establish. Beloved, when you update the Bible and you update Christ and you begin to update the church, then you're changing the church. Now, beloved, there's one thing about this situation in Haddonfield not feel that you and I can take some courage in. You know what it is? Very few people are going to their meetings. Just got a handful, that's all. But who are they? They're the leaders. They stand in the pulpits. They're supposed to be the religious leaders of the community, and they think they're responsible for the community, but even with their updated church, they're not getting to the people. people. And that means that I have some hope, and you have some hope. And that means tonight, that people in Haddonfield who have their radios turned on and are listening to Dr. McIntyre tonight, there may be a few of them who will say, Dr. McIntyre's right, I'm going to go down to his church and go into that church and pray and work with those people and then we'll do what we can to help the rest of the community. At least let's have a few churches in the area that are alive and flourishing and preaching and building and they're carrying on the work of the Lord. You'd have thought when we started a faith Christian high school here. And we're going to open up an area here to deal with all this secularism and all this filth and all this godlessness that we've got today that more people in the not people will say, I'd like to send my son or daughter down there. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. We have marked a course down here in Collingswood. And that course is that we're going to seek to build Bible churches and we're going to seek to train our children in Christian schools. And we're going to tell our young people what sin is and what it does in ruining people's lives. And we're going to show them that Jesus Christ is the only answer to our need, to our trouble. Now, in the last place, I said they've updated, they're, they're updating the nation. Ah, that's the most interesting thing. I can't understand. Haddonfield's full of executives, full of men that are active in the social world about us. And many of them are chafing under what's happening in the social world about us and how their foundations are being taken out from under them. But they haven't got enough sense to realize that the church to which they go on Sunday morning, with their nice little form, is undercutting the very system of freedom that they're trying to fight for in the business world. They don't see it. They don't have enough sense to realize that the very system that made possible the lovely homes in which they now live is being destroyed by the social action groups. Of the churches to which they belong, and in the resolutions which are being passed in their general assemblies, I see no hope for my country. I absolutely see no hope. You may have an election now, a lot of things here and there, but where do you get four years from now, and then eight years from now, and then sixteen years from now, and you're all dead. and it's right here in this pulpit. And God have mercy on the members of this church that go out and say, my pastor shouldn't have preached like that. God have mercy on some of you people who say, oh, Mr. Meyer, one of my members say to me last Sunday night, Dr. McIntyre, you're such an excellent Bible expositor. We'd appreciate it if you'd go back to expositing the Bible and not getting into this sort of thing. Everybody knows this already. I was told that by a member of this church last Sunday night, and they're not here tonight. Beloved, I'm expounding the Bible. I'm expounding sin. I'm expounding Christ. I'm expounding the Lord Jesus in all of his glory. I'm expounding what the Bible says about the church. I'm expounding what the Bible says about freedom in this pulpit tonight. And please, my friends, please... Pay attention to this preacher. If all the rest of them go astray, we won't go astray. If all the rest of them have an updated religion, we'll have the old time religion and we'll sing of its power as it dealt with Peter and as it dealt with Paul and as it dealt with Luther and as it dealt with Calvin and as it dealt with Wesley, and as it dealt with Carl McIntyre. Why don't we fill our churches on Sunday? Why are not our families here? Why don't we take the whole day and say it's his? Must we spend Sunday night riding around? Must we spend Sunday night looking at television? The churches are responsible. For what's happening to us religiously, morally, socially, they're responsible for it. Woe unto them. Jesus said, Woe unto you, Bethesda. Woe, woe unto you, Corazan. If the works which were wrought in, in, in the days of Solomon, and Gomorrah that are wrought in your place, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But they did not repent when Jesus went to town. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Who were they? Were they the combination of the religious and the civil and the political leaders together? And, beloved, when I think of the sheriff and I think of the chief of police here in Camden, God bless these men. They're fighting for the remnants of an old order. They're fighting to hold the remnants of an old order. God bless them. And the whole thing is crumbling under them. And give us another 10, 15 or 20 years like we have right now and we'll have a different kind of a sheriff down there. That's what's happening. And it's the preachers like Dr. McIntyre who stands in his pulpit and deals with these issues locally. Yes, I'm dealing with them locally. Yes, I'm speaking out locally. Yes, I want the people who live in these areas to hear me. And I pray that God will listen, will speak to their hearts as they listen, and they will come to the place where they'll say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I don't want an updated Jesus. I don't want an updated book. Take me back to the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Take me back to the 14th chapter of John. In my Father's house are many mansions. Oh, give me some hope. Give me something to live for. Give me something to dream about. Give me something to do in gathering together God's people out of this world of darkness that we may be numbered among the great and glorious company that will sing the praises of our God forever and ever. Now well, I'm glad very few people are going to their meetings. I probably have a good many more listening to me tonight than go to their meetings. But Haddonfield needs a revival. But it needs some new churches. Collingswood needs a revival. It needs some new preachers. That's right. And may God help us to build our churches. There's no excuse for our church not going ahead and growing and being built. There's no excuse for it. None at all. And when I think of the people that come in here and they come and worship with us, isn't it nice, and sweet and nice, and go out and they come back. What other contribution do they make? Well, it's nice that they do occupy a pew. Maybe after a while we'll reach them. But everybody that's a citizen of the Lord's kingdom, everybody that's been born into his kingdom must do more than occupy a pew. You must sing in the choir. You must work in the Sunday school. You must teach young people. You must enlist the souls of men about you. And you must work to win men to Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. They're dying all around us. And you know what I should say? Maybe I should have added this point. I thought about it. They've updated heaven and they've updated hell. That's right. We don't talk about them anymore. Not hell at least. Once in a while they say something nice about heaven. But hell's a thing of the past. And beloved, this Haddon field of ours is going to help fill up the pits of hell itself. And thousands and thousands of people are going to perish and go down this. Well, I was a member of the church. I thought it was all right. But what did you listen to? An updated religion. What did you accept? An updated Bible. What did you do? Well, I, I had a good time. I had a great time with the world. That's the Haddonfield set, you know. Oh, what Haddonfield doesn't do. Now, because I mentioned Haddonfield, don't think I'm excusing Collingsman. And don't say that McIntyre's excusing his own ministry. I'm not. I'm not. But when people come in to hear Dr. McIntyre, you can rest assured you're going to hear a preacher who will take the Bible and preach it just as it is and let the Spirit of God take care of the hearts of men and the consequences thereof. Oh, that I could live to see the day when on Sunday night I could come over to my church and see the streets full of cars. Where are they going to? Well, they're going to the first Presbyterian Church of Haddonfield that left the apostasy. They're going to the first Methodist Church of Haddonfield that joined with a great group of dissident Methodists over the country and they decided that they'd preserve the faith of John Wesley. Oh, that the streets were full of people coming to the Bible Presbyterian Church. What are they going over there for? Well, that's the place where that man McIntyre made a stand back there a few years ago. And he stayed by it! he preached against the iniquity in his own town. And he told the people that they should wake up out of their lethargy and their indifference and come back to the house of God and pray and ask God to save souls and build the work of God. That's what this town needs. Woe unto them that call evil good. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. Oh, we've got an updated religion. This is what we need. If we just get this, we'll be all right. But their updated religion, beloved, rejects the Christ who saves and the Bible with its promises and the church With it's holy communion. It's a filthy communion. An inclusivist communion. That's it. Let us pray. O Lord our God we do thank thee tonight. That we can take Isaiah. And that something of the spirit of this one. Who cried out that they've cast away the law of the Lord of hosts. Can come upon us. And we pray that this message will be felt and that God's people will quicken themselves, that they will forsake these evil ways, that they will get out of the apostasy, that they will be done with upgrading the Bible, upgrading Jesus Christ, upgrading the church, upgrading sin. And may we come back to the old-fashioned message and may we say, I love to tell the story. And may we declare with all the grace of God that there's none other name under heaven given among men. And may we see these churches that are filled with ungodly people saved. May we see our Jewish neighbors about us, whom we respect and love, believe that Christ is the Messiah. And may they come to their true Messiah and find everlasting life and the hope of Israel. Bless us tonight in all we've said and done. For Christ's sake, amen. Sorry I preached a little longer tonight, but Haddonfield's a big subject. Let's turn now to 379. Now don't fail to hear me next Sunday night. Please come and hear these messages.